Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Running on Tap. I'm Kyle. I'm Jacqueline. Jacqueline, what are we drinking today? This week, we are drinking some Connecticut craft beers. Yeah. I went away for the weekend and had some lovely running weather and visited my family and was lucky enough that they stocked the fridge with great local craft beer in Connecticut. Um, all sours for me, of course. Uh, so I am drinking Veruca's Demise Cranberry Goes Ale from Bad Sons Beer Company in Derby, Connecticut. Not one that you've had before. Definitely not. I had it. Well, you've had, I you've had, had it now, but not, not, not one that you'd heard of before. No, this. not one I'd ever ever had before. It's the, the can is very cool. It's very like demon like. Mm -hmm. It has sort of this girl with like a skull head. It's also a hop. There's a lot going on. It's it's very fun. Um, I tried it the other day, but I'm gonna. Uh, it, it it's uh, I'm trying to describe the color. It's like a little dark orangey. You it are is happy. So good. I mean, I I like gozes, as everybody knows mm -hmm. who's listened to this even at all. They are you know kind of tart and funky and well, there's a little uh, salty there is little fruit in there huh i just dumped in the last chunk of it and, or the last bit of it and we definitely got some chunks um it's just it's like the perfect you know i love like a good sour that's gonna like make my jaw water yep. make my mouth water um gozes are not that but it's like a nice easy drinking I love cranberry. I had like a cranberry ginger sour over the holidays that I loved. Right. And this sort of feels like the summer answer to that. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'll take a little sip Would you like here. to try yeah. it? It is a... You, you, you describe this as not that sour, but also when you had it with your mother, she apparently uh, puckered up a lot. So yeah. I was, I'm anticipating to be more along those lines. I'm curious about what your reaction is going to be. My palate is definitely just adjusted to sour stuff. It's sour, but not overly so. We, uh, I tried one when I was there, and I was like, this isn't even sour at all. And everyone else's palate disagreed strongly with me. I just love sour beers. I've gotten used to them. Yeah. I get, a, I get uh, some cranberries. Yeah. But it's mostly just a little, like a sour, funky yeah. ale. It's really, really good. Yeah. One of... Reminds me a lot of like a sequench, but without the lime. But yeah. the, the same sort of like drinkability level... Um, I would say definitely one of, I feel like a lot of fruited gozes, like passion fruit especially, I find that passion fruit is just overpowering. They don't taste like a goze anymore. It just tastes like passion fruit. This to me, much like sequench, is like a fruited goze that straddles the line really well where I'm like, I'm getting a little bit of the cranberry, but it still tastes like that beer style. It doesn't yeah. just taste like a fruit beer. For sure. So I like it a lot. Awesome. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking, uh, this is from Stony Creek, a brewery that we like a lot that you visited. Uh, this is some beer you brought back for me. Uh, it is the Stony Creek 860, right? 860. 860. Which, which is an area code area in Connecticut. Code. Uh, it's a Connecticut-style IPA, uh, hazy and juicy. And I... Uh, I'm really liking it. Like, Have you tried it? I, I've had a couple sips so far. It's really crisp and bright and acidic and like... Really it's, hazy. It looks I'm, like it's orange It's very, juice. very hazy. It's uh, like a really uh, like kind of like straw yellow, more, yeah. more, maybe even lighter than straw. Like it is... Uh, Can I give it a sip? Yeah. So I get a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of orange, a little bit of grapefruit... Uh, a, a lot of bit, a lot of pineapple as well in it, and it lingers for a bit. It's like it, it, in a really nice way, uh, mellows out. Like it starts off really kind of acidic and, and bright, and then it, it mellows out a bit. You don't like the um, the, the the lingering, do you? No, I, I at first I got all the fruit you were talking about, but the mellowing you're talking about is not up my alley. Mm. Sorry, just pause for another sip there. Uh, it's not like. <clears throat> Wow! Sorry, I'm wow. sure the mic picked that up. Oh, I, I'm I can I can almost guarantee that it did. <laughs> uh, so it, it's it's uh, it's quite it's quite acidic. Like it reminds me of like um uh, almost like 
mouthfeel wise, it's like a mimosa to me. Like, yes. Like, no, that is a great. I'm getting comparison. a lot of that feel. Uh, so, but like, it's um, so it's it's definitely in the style that I usually like. It's just a, a little um, uh, it's not as really as smooth as some others. But uh, for uh, it's a, a Connecticut style. It's uh, it's it's different, definitely new and different. Do you want to take a moment here to just explain <laughs> no, what's going on? Sorry, guys. Our our patio engineer is just patio like, engineer style is um. So we both we'll, and we'll talk about this in a second, but we both just had weekends away, and he does not adjust very well to us. I was trying coming to get him back to stop playing with something, so I threw a toy, thinking he would like chase it, but instead I just hit him with it. You hit you hit him with it, and now he is chagrined and he has flopped over so maybe he'll calm down for the rest of the podcast uh have you ever had i I know like new england style ipa is a thing but i had never heard of a connecticut style ipa i have not and i don't know this is probably the reason i wanted to get this one for you because i thought it was really unique yeah i i i'm this is very much in the um the vein of thought that like each local scene has its own local flavors and local uh you know local tips and tricks and, and techniques and whatever and so this definitely tastes different than like some other New England style IPAs that I've had. Uh, but those and those tend to come from all over the place, right? Like yeah, like, that's like, true. Like from from up up from Maine on down to here, like there's various New England uh, IPAs that are brewed that are all and they're all a little different. This first time I've seen one branded as a Connecticut style IPA. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll have to drink more to find out uh, what's specifically if that's if that's just their branding or if it's. Um, Specifically brewed in a different way, but uh, it's, I mean, it's quite good. They so have if they're an, all like this, I'm, I'm a fan. They have another one, too. It's a Connecticut-style IPA that's the 203, which is the other area code in Connecticut. So the fact that they have more than one of them makes me think that, like, it has to be a unique style. Must be. I don't know. I just want I to like it a lot. Do, like, a quick shout-out to Stony Creek. They have, we love Stony Creek. Yeah. They're, did I say Stony Creek? Yeah. I thought I said something. I thought I said like Shoddy Creek. I thought yeah. I said something weird. I mean, maybe you did, but I covered for you until cool. that very moment. Stony Creek. <laughs> um, beautiful spot by the water. Good beer. I, I think I had a couple of theirs on draft. It had a sour on draft that was not the biggest hit for me. But I mean, this place used to like make five beers yeah. when I first started going there. And now has like a really robust lineup on tap and just like, a, you know, food trucks and cornhole, like you can pull up your boat. It's just like a very, very lovely spot for a beer. So if anyone ever finds themselves in Connecticut, highly recommend. Yeah, absolutely. They've, they've come so far in a short period of time. Like when we started dating in 2016, we went there and I remember them having a, like a couple different IPAs, uh, a couple lagers and like a stout and something else like very limited selection uh kind of not really like all general not like in, mm-hmm. in one area uh and then you looked at the menu before you went and it seems like they've really started to focus in on like the new england style and the, and the hazy ipas and uh you know keeping some of their classic offerings but like they're becoming a more focused brewery i think and that's usually a good spot to be in i yeah. think i think that like the um the places that do a f- you know a few things very well or, or one style very well end up getting you know get yeah. get really uh you know get yourselves out there a little bit more than doing a lot of things uh, you know doing doing a few things at a 7 or 8 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10 as opposed to doing many things that are at a 5 or a right. 4 is like a, is a is a better way for success they also just have like gorgeous artwork their logo yeah. is like this egret bird but yep. it's very stylized and i we have one of their growlers because i just adore well i think we actually got that one because i insisted we go home with something that was not in cans at the time yes um but i just like i think they have really like slick looking art they really do too. yeah absolutely uh so let's let's double barrel uh this transition here uh so you not only wrapped up your first week of marathon training this week but you did it in connecticut you know do you want to talk a little bit you you did one run there yeah uh so why don't you tell us about your first week of marathon training and uh you know a little bit about your connecticut run yeah i mean it was a roller coaster of a first week honestly i after my long run last weekend was having a lot of pain in the top of my right foot which has been a problem area for me for 
maybe a month. Yeah. It will it will sort of come and go if I don't take care of myself well and you know foam roll and stretch and those kinds of things. Um, it hurts to like flex my toes. I'm pretty sure it's like a tendon issue where like my calf gets tight and everything gets sort of pulled. Um, so I was like really stressing that I was like kind of hurt, like literally starting marathon training and was really unhappy about it. I think, I think anyone would be happy, unhappy about it, but especially given my history of injuries during marathons that have like derailed past races. It was just like, I was not in a great space mentally. Um, so actually the first day of marathon training when I was supposed to be running, I did 45 minutes of yoga and it was great. Felt felt a lot better. Um, so got in all my runs. Just like swapped my Monday and Tuesday runs. So I ran four times this week. Um, I have, I don't know. I, I hope, knock on wood, that like my foot doesn't become any sort of issue. Because like it feels fine now. Mm-hmm. But as a result of being like really, really worried about this, I've started doing like a dynamic warm up before every run and then like a good stretch and foam roll after every run, which is probably what I should have been doing all along. Yeah, it's very smart. So maybe this is like a blessing in disguise as it will like force me to actually stick with these habits and like take care of myself during marathon training. So I've been, you know, spending time doing that sort of stuff. I haven't done the Peloton at all this week because I think that is part of my foot issue. Um, So I took the week off from the bike, but ran 16 miles. My long run was six miles. So I did that on Friday morning before I left. It went pretty well. And then I did my run in Connecticut and it was, I mean, I've been going on and on. Yes, It was just blissful. I, and you think like, I mean, six miles isn't like that long of a run, but you'd think the day after a long run I would be dragging, but just running in different scenery and I'm very lucky that my family lives you know walking distance from the beach so I can run down by the beach and by the water and I I was supposed to go I was like planning to go three miles and I went 3.6 so Mm -hmm. I I was just like just flying high feeling great uh excited to start week two like there was a time not long ago, like a week ago, yep. that I was like, like a week ago. that I was like, maybe I should just like do the half. Like, why am I doing another marathon? And now I'm like, I feel good and strong and happy. And like, I don't know. I feel like past marathons, it's been like you know, you really build up the first week, and then you like you know, really attack the first week. And the fact that like you know, I missed the first day to do yoga, and like, I feel like I'm not marathon training like it it doesn't feel like this huge like weight on me and this huge shift it's like it's just sort of happened very naturally and i feel really good about stuff that's great yeah uh you know i i wonder how important it is to you to to get a solid first week in like you know you're saying like 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 you're not not like attacking it and going going hard right away or whatever but like just getting into the mindset and getting that change and, and like having a little positive momentum because it's because i know last week when you know post after like probably actually after we recorded the, the last week's episode and uh and uh you know we're getting ready to start on monday you were really worried about where you were yeah. physically and it was it was you were not in a good space so no. how how big of a you know are you how, how big of a deal is it to you to like just come out of that this first week with like a really good, you know, different place than where you were a week ago? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's a huge deal, and it also is like a nice reminder in the future that like, you know, all injuries are not season ending and race ending. Just because I had one of those, right. like, I was able to take two days off and foam roll and take care of myself and then it was fine and like you know i've been run walking i've like eased back in but it's like a nice reminder it's like a nice push to like take care of myself and a nice reminder that like things can sort of ache for a couple days but it's not gonna like totally derail this so i feel like i'm in a much better place now mentally than i was even just a week ago uh and it's it's nice to have a good first week for sure do you think you'll keep doing the Warming up and dynamic stretching, like to keep loose and that's the as, plan. You, as you go forward. That's the plan. I mean, it takes what four weeks to establish a habit. 
That's some, some and we're like it. a week in. Yeah. So, but that is the plan um, to keep keep doing that. I feel better early on in my runs. I, I know I'm like everyone is like you need to be yeah. warming up before all, runs. All the serious runners like, listening to this right now are no. like just screaming like we know. I know, and now like I've done it for four runs, and I'm like well, I do feel better running huh. though. So, yeah, I see no reason to stop. I don't think it's hurting me right. either way. Um, so yeah, and I got in. I got in both my strength training sessions last week. Like all I didn't do was spin, which is not part of my plan. That's like something I'm adding in. Right. It's not like a written part of my plan. Uh, so yeah, I like it. Felt really, really good to like check off all the boxes on my training plan, and it's just exciting. It's great. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I, I jumped in. No, no, I was I was gonna ask you questions oh, and switch to you. Please do. Because um, I forgot what I was going to ask you, so that worked out really well. You also were out of town this weekend. I did. I was, yes. a running experience that was less blissful. Yeah, uh, yeah meanwhile, 6,500 feet in elevation above you. Uh, <laughs> I uh, was literally my run. I like was at zero elevation at one point. Like I was at the level of the sea. Yes. So you were literally that high above Yes. Uh, so I had uh, a friend's, a really good friend, a uh, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Jeff, he uh, had his bachelor party this weekend, and we were out in uh, Park City, Utah. And, uh, you know, marathon training stops for no no trip, uh, so worked worked uh, around it, did a, uh, I guess this, this, this week was short, it was a cutback week anyway, which worked, which worked out really well. Um, so I only had a six mile long run that I did midweek, and uh, <laughs> just... Got some miles in there. They weren't pretty. Uh, we did a hike. Like I saw, basically this week, subbed one run out for a hike, and uh, which was lovely. Just a really beautiful area out in the the mountains and there, and just uh, cruised on up, cru- cruised on up one you know one mountainside. Got into got to a peak, and went back home. You know, a nice six and a half mile hike it was really really quite lovely. Uh, but the next day after that hike. And you would think, after climbing up to a seven thousand foot mountain, that uh, you know you might be adjusted to the altitude. But man, we uh, there's a group about six of us went out for a run, went went to do four miles, ended up doing a little shorter than that. Uh, but it was brutal. Uh, I, I think probably the lack of <laughs> nutrition and proper hydration and all that stuff that comes along with a bachelor party played a role, but. It is, uh, I mean, it, it's no joke. And I, I, it's, it shows the difference between like when I was in, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I was in Denver for my bachelor party and we went for a five mile run that day and it was wonderful. I felt, I didn't feel like bad effects from the elevation at all, whatever, but another 1300 feet or so, you know, another thousand feet, uh, up, it was, it was killer. And I mean, of course we also went out at like 1130 in the in the in the morning, so it was warm and the sun was beating down and all that kind of stuff. Like it was not the smartest way to go about a run, but like it's only eighty degrees, so like it was like I've run it worse here and uh, no humidity, but man, it was uh, it was rough. And everybody except for uh, a buddy of ours who lives in outside Boulder, Colorado, in the mountains, everybody was struggling. It just shows the difference between uh, you know. I got back and I was like, man, we must have got like 500 feet of elevation. And I'm so tired. We got like 250 feet, 230 feet or something like that. So there wasn't like that. Like there were some hills, but nothing like cr- yeah. crazier than here uh, as far as hills. But like just shows that like another, you know, we, I think most of what we do is in, you know, 200 feet above ele- above sea level. Right. Like it's not, like just goes to show how, uh that training can, you know, how that can change and how like, you know, the elevation can just zap you of your strength and, uh, and really just make you, know, it's really a killer. So do you think you're going to be like setting Olympic records this week after training at elevation for a day? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be like this. I, I distinctly remember <laughs> one trip back in, when I first started running in 2016, uh, I took a week to go hiking with a buddy, a couple of buddies in Rocky Mountain National Park. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming back from that and felt like I was flying. My pace felt so much faster. But that was a week of hiking. This is uh, one day of hiking and one day of running and golf. 
So I don't think that I'm going to be sending, setting uh, any land speed records or be uh, upping my pace by 15 seconds per mile or anything like that, no. So what, you're well into marathon training now. What, what week are you heading into and what, what does that look uh, like? How, this, how's it been so far? This is week, sorry, just doing some quick math. I think, I think I'm entering week five. Oh wow, so you have a month down. Yeah, just about. Um, it's, uh, I'm trying to think, I did one long run and then I did one long run, then the half marathon and then another long run and then this trip. So yeah, this will be start, the start of week five. Uh, it's going well. I think like uh, there's, I, I am not, uh, I, I think a lot of it is uh, the fact that like it's not, it's not July anymore. It's August, but like it's, it's summer here and it's, uh, it's just hot. Like my, oh, it's been my, my short runs, my, my like my, uh, under six mile runs feel good feel really good um it's when you when i get above that i am uh i mean honestly on my long runs i do i feel really good usually until like the last mile or so and then things are kind of falling apart and i think that's just because there's i mean hydration issues and heat issues and everything like that so i am uh, I'm, I'm not super thrilled with where i am right now but like i but i've been going back to orange theory and like my my heart rate there, my training there is getting markedly better than where it was when I first started going back at the beginning of June. So I'm happy with that. But like overall, I think like I, I really need to see some progress in my endurance and keeping my speed over a period of time. And I'm hoping that will come as the temperature drops a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because right now, like, you know, I, I want to break four hours in this, in this, in this race. And it's not, um, <laughs> if things stayed at this current clip, that's not in the cards. But I mean, it's been we'll so see. hard in the heat. I ran three miles last week, and I came home looking like I jumped in a pool. Yeah. Like, it's just been so humid and so hot, even early in the morning. Yeah. I mean, hopefully the conditions aren't like that at the end of October, and you do okay. Ju July is easily... Uh, I mean, it's the worst month to run, followed by August, followed by September. <laughs> like... June, maybe, June isn't great either. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe June beats out September, but like July and August are are typically are just yeah. rough. Yeah. Uh, so I I am hoping that it's uh, you know I, I I took some solace by going back and looking at my PR race and uh, seeing what my paces were on some of my long runs then, and they were uh, you know in the same ballpark uh, and on much flatter right uh, routes too. Uh, so like I, I take some solace in that, but it's gonna be. Uh, like I, I think I need to. Um, it's gonna be kind of a. It's gonna be a fight, I think, to to do to accomplish this goal. So, uh, what we will we will see. I, I I am anxious for it to get a little cooler, a little less humid. Yeah. I, mean, I went for a six mile run the other morning, uh, before this trip, and like, I could literally see, like it 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 looked like a foggy day, but it was you know, it, it, but there were no clouds in the sky. It yep. was just the humidity was just hanging so heavy in the air and like uh you know i went off it was a six mile run in 90 90 percent humidity like it's just yeah. it's ridiculous so uh, i'm hoping that's causing this this drop in pace uh but um yeah gonna have to put some work in i'm looking forward to getting back to it uh this week a little more uh you know after the rest that was the cutback week and, and kind of get into it totally but uh you know and part of that how's this for a segue Part of that is preparation and getting ready for uh, these long runs. And that's something that I think I'm still very much working on right now. But that's one thing we want to talk about a little bit today is... It's a good segue. Thanks. I give it like an A-. minus. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have interrupted myself halfway through to... That's what I jocked you on. ...brag about my good segue. <laughs> uh, you know, we want to talk a little bit about how we get ready and how we uh, prepare for long runs. Yeah, you know, this is a little different than, than races because there's not like making the flat runner or uh, having to figure out logistics for driving and that kind of thing. But uh, there are some similarities. So why don't, you know, why don't you run through a little bit of like, what are you, not necessarily your routine or your, your the process, but like, what are your usual thoughts like the day, when, when do you start thinking about your long run and mentally prepping for it? Like Monday. Monday. Yeah. So you're done with it on Saturday and yeah. on Monday you're starting to think about it. Yeah. I mean, definitely like early to midweek 
I, I like know how far I need to go and I start like thinking about where I want to go and plotting out a route like I don't I, I'm not like actively preparing for it but I like to like have a route a couple days ahead of time to sort of let myself sit with it and like learn where I'm going and figure out so so midweek or early to midweek I start figuring out a route uh, and then I don't know you say we don't like lay out a flat runner I do tend to lay out my clothes for a long run the night before most of my runs I lay out clothes the night before Mm. it just like all my weekday runs since I'm getting up early um so yeah I usually lay out some clothes and like one thing I found really helpful that I want to like because we're both doing we're in different weeks of marathon training obviously we're both doing our long runs on Saturdays yes normally yeah as much as we can and like during Marine Corps training, as brief as it was last fall, uh, I really enjoyed like Friday night we ate pasta mm-hmm. and it like, you know, it, it just sort of it, it became a habit and like signals my brain like you're running long tomorrow. Like we're going to eat pasta tonight. We're going to drink a ton of water today and then we're going to get up tomorrow morning and go. Um, so I think like I'm sure like everyone's habits look different, but I think sort of like setting that routine that teaches your body that like that effort is coming is important whatever that is yeah for sure what about you what do long runs look like for you uh so i really start i think i don't know i'm a little more in the moment focused on mine than than you are i think i start really uh prepping for mine uh you know like if i'm running on saturday maybe on like wednesday nah let's be real thursday and like friday are when I'm starting to generally think about, uh, you know, what what I'm doing to fuel, what I'm doing to where where am I going to run, and uh, you know what because on Thursdays what I'm t- trying to gauge is where are my energy levels at, like what what do I need to do with my because I'm I'm usually taking the day off on Friday before my long run, because hmm. uh, that's just generally a habit I got into um, during my second marathon I think, and. I liked it. Like it was just nice to like tackle your long run with a little bit on a little bit of rested legs, which I know is probably. I, I, I think we talked about this before. And you told me that like most people think that you should be running on a little with a little bit, a little more tired le- uh, legs. But I wouldn't say most. My plan does have me doing like a shorter run the day before, but I, I feel like a lot of plans have a rest day before. Yeah, so I will tend to think. You know, start thinking on Thursday, like uh, you know, whenever I'm when I'm working out doing or whatever I'm doing, it's like let's make sure that we're like not completely burning yourself out and like going too hard today it's because you want to make sure there's something in the tank for saturday morning and then i'll start like hydrating like purposely hydrating Mm -hmm. like thursday and uh especially especially now like in the winter maybe not maybe less so uh i usually only do the day before maybe i should start thinking about doing it earlier i i tend to just think the more the better right now especially like when there's when it's so humid and hot like it's best i think to like so i just i start drinking i I drink a lot of i'm a big guy so i drink a lot of water all all the time regardless but i start trying to drink more on thursday and then on on fridays it's a lot of um (laughs) eating and drinking water essentially uh and like what you said about the pasta is totally right like that kind of meal to uh start getting that that not only like the amount of energy you need but also like the signal to your brain like tomorrow's a big day it's also like normally by the time race day comes we know what pasta dish we're having the night before right we've tried out a bunch of different things right we know what works you know just like you said that there are some things that are different from race day but races we do like pasta the night before bagel in the morning and I fuel during the race the same way I've been fueling on my long runs. So like, while they aren't, while they're different from race day, in many ways they are like a really nice dress rehearsal to practice yeah. all of this stuff and sort of get get into those habits that you'll rely on on race day. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very uh, bu- bubbly beer. Uh, yeah, I, I think like I, I tend to agree, and I'll take a little more chances with like trying stuff. Like if I'm gonna try, like on, on race day, I want to try make sure I know 
what I'm doing what works and right. like something that is tried and true. I'll take a little more chances before a long run to just be like, well, is this something I can tweak for race yes. day or is this something whatever? Uh, like, you know, whether that's, should I have a cup of coffee before? Should I not? Should I have a bagel? Should I have just toast? Is, uh, you know, is a banana a good idea? Is it not? Like that kind of things. Uh, but I will generally, the problem is, I like, as much as I like talk about, you know, maybe it's time to experiment, once you kind of get deeper into a cycle and like, before my 20 mile run, I want to be, I want to be set in my ways. So like right now when it's like, you know, 10 mile runs, 11 mile, 12 mile long runs, there's a little more room for error than there is when on, on the longer ones. Uh, but I like, I like to make sure that on, on Fridays too, we're getting, you know, I think I usually, like the, the, the signal for me, like it's long run time is like on, on Friday or the day before the long run, I'll plot out my route. And unless, unless it's one that I'm like, I've run a million times, I know exactly where I'm going and that kind of thing. Uh, I'll plot out my route and kind of give myself, like, I can give myself a sense of how hard the day is going to be. You know, I can pick, if I feel good, I can pick some extra hills or whatever it may be. Uh, but like, you know, kind of going through the process of like visualizing your run. Uh, I've, I've always enjoyed doing that the day before because it kind of gets me into the right mindset. And, um, you know, it, it just helps to, to kind of know, well, these are the places I'm going. This is what I'm about to encounter. You know, to know when you're clotting the route and you know when the hills are going to be and how big the hills are as opposed to like when you're running a race and you're kind of like, I think about like the uh, Frederick half and it's like, right. I kind of like, I can kind of know where the hills are, but eh, I keep telling myself every hill is the last one. Uh, I like doing that the night before. So it's all fresh in my mind. And, uh, is very apparent when running. That makes a lot of sense. I just I like to ruminate on mine. And since I'll, I'll like plot something out earlier in the week and like sleep on it and think about it and go back and like look at that tab of my browser and be like, do I still like this? Is there anything I would tweak? Like I, I just like to think about it a lot, sort of plan it out and then like get really comfortable with it. Yeah. It just takes me a while. When you're plotting your routes, do you off, do you try to run to something or to like, is there, you know, what are your like, what are your thoughts when you're route planning? I think that's like one of the reasons I enjoyed my run in Connecticut so much is because I was like, I'm going to go run to the beach. And it felt like in the city, I always, one of my normal routes, I was like, I'm running to Lincoln. Yeah. And the suburbs don't have like a ton of destinations. Mm -hmm. So... It's been hard for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I try to seek out if there is, like, I'm going to run to this destination. Even if it's not, like, a big destination. But, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run to that house with the pretty Christmas lights. You know, yeah. like, even if it's something silly like that, I try to make it, like, motivating to be, like, you got to get to, like, this far point. Uh, and then I just try to make them scenic. Yeah. I don't really think... I feel like for my like speed work and my shorter runs, I think a lot about hills. For my long runs, I like, I know I'm going to be going slow. I don't care about my pace, so I don't think a ton about the elevation. Um, but I try to like, you know, either run by the water or run to a landmark or like try to just make them pretty and fun. Minimize yeah. stoplights to like mimic the race as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I mostly am always looking for like scenic destination runs. Yeah, that's kind of my, my thought too, or like at least have them be on the way. I yeah. Think, you know, I echo a lot of what you say about the um, the difficulty of finding those places now that you're, you know, it's a little less uh, monument heavy uh, here. So like, you know, whether that's running to a park or running to uh, just getting down to the river and running along the river or something like that. That's always, I, I usually try to incorporate something like that yes. into my run uh, in order to like, yeah, it's a little more mentally stimulating. It also gives you a good waypoint yeah. during the run, a good marker to be like, well, I'm here and like this is, this is like either the turnaround point or like after this, this is what I have left or whatever. Uh, it does, it's always just good to have a destination in mind. Definitely. I mean, during Christmas, I would like, run to public Christmas trees, yes. which aren't like, like when I say like, I want to run to like a landmark or like a destination, it doesn't have to be like the Washington Monument, right? right? It just has to be something. Right, exactly. Uh, 
So how do you? Obviously, we've talked about like what our dinner is the night before. Like, is do you the night before or the day before? I should say. Are you thinking more about fueling other you know during your other meals and snacks, or is it? Are you kind of just mostly focusing on the dinner? I think like. At this point in training, I'm mostly focusing on the dinner. Once you get up to like 18, 20 miles, 16, 18, 20 miles, in my mind, it's basically a marathon. I I know it's not. Like it's a little shorter, but like you are expending a huge amount of energy. So at that point, I start thinking about like eating carb heavy at like all three meals the day before. But when my long runs are like 16 for me, I feel like, is the point at which I now feel like it's like a really long run. Like 16 is doable, but far. But once you get past that, like, so I guess anything like, you know, 15 and under, like around a half marathon, I'll really think about like hydrating the whole day, but then like, what am I eating for dinner? Um, But then longer runs, I definitely focus on the rest of the day. And it's also like, it's about what I eat, but also what I don't eat, sure. right? Like, I definitely want to incorporate a lot of carbs, but, like, I have a pretty sensitive stomach. So, like, I know things that don't agree with me. Peppers can be tough on my stomach. Right. Corn can be tough on my stomach. So there are things that, like, I'm definitely avoiding them the day before a long run. Right. You have, like, no issues with your stomach. How do you approach fueling before a long run? Uh, for me, it's... So I think on the day before, like on the Friday, you know, again, working off the Saturday presumption, uh, on that Friday, I am basically like eating more with everything throughout the entire day, like a little bit bigger of a breakfast, a little bit bigger of a lunch. Uh, and, you know, dinner obviously is going to be, um, you know, the pasta carb heavy thing. But like, so I will try to take in not only just more carbs, but also more protein to kind of give myself a little, like the carbs, carbs will go fast, but like to have more protein in my body, I feel like it's going to like allow me more sustained energy over a longer period of time. So I, maybe it's just, I picked that up from hiking, you know, before is that like, you know, you can eat as much pasta or something that you want, but like your body will burn that off and eventually like it'll go looking for protein. And so having having a little extra of that in your body too is also I like I'm not a nutritionist, but that's something I've read and it's worked for me. Um, so I'll these like you're talking about like kind of like mid-sized long runs of like between like nine miles and fifteen miles. Yep. That's kind of what I'm generally thinking. But when you get into the longer ones, I'll start eating a lot on Thursday, like the two days before to get like usually like a like for instance when I used to work at night I would get like a big, you know, like I get like Chipotle or something like that, and like that would be There's rice and that, like a rice, carb lot, heavy yeah, thing. Yeah, like carb heavy, but like a lot of a lot of good foods, yep. whole, you know, solid foods. Like I mean, Chipotle's, it's fast food, but like it's about as good as fast food gets, as, you know, health wise for you. Just a lot of it. Uh, so I would usually get that, or some, or start just being more conscious of what I'm eating, starting Thursday afternoon to like start preparing my body for the huge effort that's to come so it's it's uh it can be like a multi-day process especially like when it's marathon time i i learned from outer banks that like only starting to carb up or or to eat you know to get get enough energy in your body that like two days wasn't enough so i like when we before we did the virtual marine corps i basically spent like the week before yeah preparing like eat like and and like it kind of didn't it it, it was hard to get out of that mindset too because it's like oh i'm eating everything right but uh it helped because i didn't i didn't bonk out like i also went slower but like i didn't bonk out during that race or a virtual race but i think that like as as you get further into the process more days of uh being conscious of what you're starting to prep and eat like as opposed to just like, like you can go bang out five miles on a on an upset stomach, but like I don't want to be doing it on you know for fifteen or twenty, right? And uh, making sure that like you know you're hydrating the whole time, like that like that very conscious hydrating where it's like I don't really want to drink any more water, but like I know I need this in my body, so that that's like, that can start days ahead of time. One of the things that's so hard for me is like, you know, we you say like I'm not a nutritionist. 
we are sharing the things that have worked for us. Yes. But like, I spent a lot of time reading the things that other people said worked for them and none of them worked for me, yep. right? Like nutrition is such like pre and during run nutrition is such an individual thing. So like you can read and get ideas, but you really need to do trial and error in your own body. And the terrible thing is like you do trial and error and when it's an error, it is not yeah, good. Like you are four miles from home about to crap your pants. So it's <laughs> like, I, I feel like it's so easy to be like, well, I don't want to experiment, but also like that's the only way to really find what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think back to like, I think it took until near the end of my first marathon to really, like marathon training, to really understand what my body needed beforehand. Like I managed to, I got through, I got through all those runs, uh, you know, from like, I think, I think my plan started an eight mile long run to an 18 mile long run. And those, in that time period, like I got through, but I was like eating toast for breakfast and like, trying to do my best to fuel on runs and whatever and like like it would be painful after a little while and i would be like just barely getting done but then like we moved in together and like i don't know who went to the safeway and came back with bagels and cream cheese but like i had a bagel and cream cheese before a 20 mile run and my 20 mile run uh went great and i was like okay so that's what i'm eating before the marathon and like i didn't get hungry like i like i didn't get like I didn't get hungry eight miles in, which I had been doing before on the marathon. Like it, and since then, it's like okay, so bagels before long runs are good. So much of it is mental too. Yeah. I think like if that run had gone like trash, you would never eat a bagel before yeah. a run again, right? Like you did it, it worked, and now you're like, I mean, it's, it's very much like the athlete who has the socks they never wa wash, right? It's right. like this works for me, so I'm just sticking with it forever. Right. And like the same same thing with like pasta before, like we. We make the uh, uh, KitchenAid pasta recipe in our in our uh, our pasta attachment for the for the mixer. The bolognese from Run Fast Eat Slow. Yep, which which like a salad. Uh, yep, a salad and Some maybe garlic bread. And yeah, depending on how much how far we're if running. It's a so. If it's a half or more, we usually do garlic, garlic bread. bread. Uh, so like, but this is all stuff that we like. Well, like, well, let's make pasta, and then I was like, well, yeah, this got this uh this pasta maker attachment. Let's. Let's try and make it and see how it goes and how you feel. And then like that, you know, you have a couple of good long runs during that. You're like, okay, so that's what we should eat all the time. And like, it's always good to like, don't get me wrong. I have, I done, have we done that for every long run? No, but to have that be the, be like the most consistent thing or like, or like the most regular thing that those, those long runs when you do get into the routine are so much more uh enjoyable and bearable than the ones where it's like well i wasn't able to eat the right things or i haven't been able to, i've been busy so i haven't really been consciously hydrating or fueling and now i'm going to go out and try and bang out this run we usually have pasta before all of our long runs but i feel like we mostly make pasta from scratch before like races and 20 milers and i don't notice like a huge nutritional like energy difference homemade pasta versus regular pasta but it feels like yeah. we're making pasta it's race day it's much more which is nice much more comfortable and like you know you feel good you play good right that's or like the, the you know doing something that makes you feel in a routine and um puts you in the right mindset where you're not like well, it's one less one less thing to worry about is that like you're you have you're not you're not focusing like oh god well did I eat the right thing last night like you know like okay I've eaten I ate this that's worked for me in the past I'm gonna move on I'm gonna stress about the hill at mile five or something to that effect instead this is part of the reason why I'm like kind of nervous about doing a marathon away from home like when we did yours in Outer Banks we were in an Airbnb I made dinner ahead of time and we brought it down and heated everything up like yeah I'm gonna have to eat dinner out the night before a race like we can still do pasta and meat sauce right, right. but it's like it's already making me a little anxious to be right. like, your routine is going to be just a little broken. And I'm like, but I like my routine. Well, if you go out and run like a super fast race, super fast marathon, we're going to have to like travel to Delaware before every long run to get the, like, the, 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 right, the, the right meal over and over again. Uh, is there anything you like to do physically beforehand? Like, you know, do you, 
stretch like like the day before or do yoga or anything like that or you just try you know, you're kind of just doing whatever your plan calls for and then winging it yeah i mean i'm just I, I don't have any like things that i like to do the day before this plan has me running short the day before which i didn't do this week because i flipped my long run and my short run uh but i've never really never really had like a fitness pre-day routine i definitely try to like like even on my shorter runs like i'll try to like take it easy yeah. the day before i want it like you, like you said before you know want to make sure you have gas left in the tank yeah is there anything that you do the only thing that i like for the most part like i like i said i usually usually take it off day and try to you know maybe not stay off my feet as much as possible but like i'm not trying to you know like we have we have apple watches with uh, I'm not trying like you know, I'm not trying to close my exercise and my move rings right. like and like try and like have like you know, work out essentially. I'm trying to like let my body actually recover and to go along with that like depending on what I've done that week or how I'm feeling like maybe I'll put on my like recovery or my my compression socks or something. Try to just like flush some stuff out and like they work for me af- after a long run. Sometimes they work for me before like just to make sh- just to like have a little bit of like you know, like pushing myself forward and to, to totally. like to feeling better. So that's that's really about it. Like there'll be times, like I mean, we'll see what happens in like the next ten weeks or so. But like uh, there'll be times where it's like time to foam roll or like you know, have to like. What? No. When was the last time you foam rolled? It's been a long time. But like, don't even pull this. That's been a long time. It's time to foam roll. It was time to foam roll four years ago for you. <laughs> it's not wrong. Uh, but like you know, they'll be. They'll be it there'll is be times, bull crap. There'll be times where, like, a str- you know, some stretching is needed or something shoot, to that effect. Uh, but or like, you know, we have the foot massager. We have uh, you have like your little spiky ball that sometimes I'll steal and you know to get to help with some foot pain or something like that. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's taking it easy as you glare at me about my uh, my if foam roller like, techniques. If I don't do yoga for a week, something is hurt. And you, when's the last time you stretched? I stretched uh, before I ran yesterday. Yeah. What What did you do? I stretched my calves out. So you leaned against a wall. Yeah. And that's it. Pretty much. God. I, it's, it is, it is not a good habit of mine. I, but like, I, I, gen, I generally go based on feel. Like right now my body feels like pretty good and loose. So like. I'll my my I'll go a little slower in the first mile, to and then like like that to you know as, as like a sort of a warm up or whatever, uh, but yeah I generally don't stretch as much as I should before before I mean, any run no, let alone long runs. We we have spent this entire time talking about you gotta do what works for you and you are like your body just doesn't seem to need it right now. Maybe they'll change. Yeah, but that's the thing. Right now you found what works for you. It just makes me hate you. Yes. Uh, th- so there is, but like. Then, as it's you know, there are times when like as you get further in your you know the u- the usage wear and tear goes up. Like last year, I was doing a lot of the Peloton uh, ten minute warm up classes before runs because I had run six miles the previous four days in a row, and I was out for my fifth day, and I needed to. You know, I was sore, and I like ached, and I had felt like I had nothing in my bones, so, or my, my muscles. So I was like, you know, I would do a warm up class, and like that would help. But for the most part, like, uh, and, you know, right now I don't feel like that. But like maybe when I'm trying to run four miles after you know taking one day off after a twenty mile run, like I'll need that. So like I kind of go based on what I'm feel like I need at the moment. Totally. Like, it's not, not it's not a hard and fast rule. Totally. That I don't stretch. But, that makes sense. I mean, I probably should. I, I stretch a lot more in the winter when things are cold huh. than I do in the summer. I worry about pulling things. I talked you into going to a yoga class with me. You did. We'll have to review that after it. Yeah. It is not your scene or your jam. No, I am among the least flexible people you'll ever see in your entire life. To be clear, I said, do you want to come with me? And you said yes. And I said, just to be clear, this is a yoga class. Yeah, I thought it'd be fun. I think it will be fun. I'm super excited. So I decided to go. I mean, I'm going to look like an idiot. No, you're going to look fine. But it'll be fine. Plus, it's at Lost Boy. We like Lost Boy. Yeah. So, it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I did... Yoga is one of those things I'm always like, I should do more of. I should do more of you that. You felt good when you did it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
you feel good about two months after you start doing it because the first however many weeks you're just like, oh, I'm not mm-hmm. flexible, which is how I feel all the time. But uh, you know what they say? It does help my running. Yoga is good for running, but running is not good for yoga. It's like, very true. Yoga makes you a better runner, but running just makes it like hard to touch your toes all the time. Yes. If you want to be like a really bendy yoga, at least really bendy yogi, bendy I should yogi. say. Um, at least for me, like it's not happening while I run. Yeah. It's not happening for me ever, let alone while I'm running, while I'm resting, while I'm doing yoga. I am not. You don't know that. Like you're like, I'm not flexible. Flexibility is a skill just like running. If you work on it, you get better. You just don't work on it. I did. I didn't, I didn't get any more flexible. Really? I mean, not. I wasn't like you were putting my, my palms on the ground or anything like that. Well... This is off topic. Irrelevant. This is off topic. <laughs> My lack of bendiness is off topic. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe that's something I need to work in. Am I? I mean, if you feel good, it. I just am a little jealous of your ability to like punish your body with no repercussions and no self care because yeah, we'll, it we'll seems see. lovely. It, it, it's. I mean, it's going great right now. Let's <laughs> let's let's hope it uh, it st- it stays that way. You a little drunk? Why are you looking at that kid? I was just wondering what the alcohol percentage was. Oh. What is it? I'm at six point eight percent. I I am. Let's uh, let's just be very clear. We're recording this on the Sunday after said bachelor party, so I'm getting a little, just a little sleepy. Totally. Yeah. So how's your beer? It's delicious. It's Do you like beer. it? Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, it's really, really citrusy. Like I said, I I I said mimosa, and like it's like a citrus punch mimosa yeah. kind of deal going on. I, I like that quite a bit. Yeah. How's yours? It's good. I only brought one of these back with me, but there are two more in the fridge in Connecticut for whenever we make it up there again. Nice. It's it's just yeah, really good. Cranberry Thanksgiving. That'll be good. Oh, that's so true, actually. Um, it's just very good. This is a place I've never uh, I've never been to in, in Derby, so maybe we can make it there at some point. I'm a big fan. Nice. I like... There are like a lot of sours on the market, but I don't think there are like a ton of gozes. I always get excited when I see them. Uh, this one is really, really yummy. Good sour goes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Go. I mean, maybe that's the next boom area for beer. It seems like it's a an untapped market. Do, you, do people like them? I don't know. You like them. You there? There's a lot of people making sours now, and uh, like. The chunks in this look like cat food. I know they're not, but they look like it. Well, they're, they're cranberries, right? I'm, sh- I'm sure it's just cranberry skins. They do kind of look like cat food. But they, it does look like cat food, yeah, right? Yeah, no, it does. Well. Uh, where can the people find us? Uh, we're on Instagram, at Running on Tap. Yes. And we are available to listen to wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Uh, Spotify. Apple. Apple. Other. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Such a good impression. Uh <laughs> I think that's it for this week. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week.